The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to E-Commerce Growth Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to publish an episode every day talking about going from the startup that could to the e-commerce engine that does. Joining us for e-commerce growth week is Roly Saxena, who is the president of AdRoll, which is an e-commerce marketing platform that gives growing D2C brands the power to connect with customers wherever they are. The AdRoll machine learning engine uses established data on 70% of the world's online shoppers to predict behavior, improve ad engagement, and store performance better than anyone. And in addition to being our guest today, AdRoll and Rolly are sponsors of the MarTech Podcast. And today, Rolly and I are going to discuss operationalizing your e-commerce business. All right, here's the first installment of E-Commerce Growth Week with Rolly Saxena from AdRoll. Rolly, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me here. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on the show. I'm also greatly appreciative of AdRoll and your support as a sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. Again, let me say thank you and excited to chat a little bit about e-commerce growth this week. We're going to start off at the top talking a little bit about operations for an e-commerce business. So let's get into it and talk a little bit about the MarTech stack. When you think about the key technologies that are necessary to grow an e-commerce business, you know, talk to me about how you segment an e-commerce stack. What is necessary to grow an e-commerce business today? I think the best way to even answer that question is frame it in context of what shifts are happening in the e-commerce industry over the last several years. There are two main trends that are influencing the industry. Number one, post-pandemic, there are more shoppers that are shopping online than ever before. And that is having a big shift in how the industry is evolving. The second one is just with the proliferation of e-commerce platforms like Shopify, WooCommerce, Magento, they've all made it very easy for brands to start up new stores. So that has created a proliferation of both new e-commerce companies, but also a bunch of, uh, but, but also a lot of the tools serving them. So if you really think about it, some of the proof points of those two industry trends that I just talked about, e-commerce as an industry has grown almost worth 10 years worth of growth in just the last one year. 
during the pandemic, both in terms of the GMV, which is gross merchandise value, but also the number of merchants that are out there now. The second thing that's happening is if you look at Lumoscope, which is a industry research body, they track all the different marketing technology companies there. And there are over 7,000 MarTech tools available today that are actually out there to support a lot of the e-commerce companies. So think about it, there's a lot of e-commerce brands out there and a lot of tools available. That creates two major challenges for the companies. Number one, it's become really, really hard for an e-commerce brand to really get a shopper's attention. In fact, 98% of all online shoppers, they visit a store and never do a purchase. And then three out of four customers who do make a purchase, they never come back and do a second round. So back in the day, it's a little over a decade ago now, I worked at an e-commerce company called eBay. I'm assuming most people have heard of it. And it was formational in my career in terms of not only understanding how online e-commerce works, but also business models. And back in the day when I was at eBay, there wasn't this easy to create and reproduce store phenomenon like what you're talking about. The Shopify's, the WooCommerce's, the world's, they may have existed, but they weren't mature platforms, or at least they weren't well-marketed. So the problem for e-commerce vendors back in the day was you were on eBay, you were on Amazon, maybe at that point, it was basically just a glorified bookstore. And you were probably also running a brick and mortar store. And so what's interesting over that decade is now basically what you're saying is the problem is not, well, how do I create a storefront? The problem used to be, how do I figure out how to process payments? How do I do my web dev? All of that is gone. It's all a commodity. You pick which vendor you're going to go to, WooCommerce, Shopify, what have you, but now anybody can do it. So then the problem becomes attention. The problem becomes differentiation. How do you get a shopper's attention when we're living in this world where e-commerce stores pop up all the time and you can find any of them through Google, they're being pushed to you on Facebook? How do you actually get someone's attention? You summarize it really well. That is a number one problem for an e-commerce brand in terms of how do I get that shopper's attention? because there's so many of similar brands out there. And how do you really differentiate yourself? The second challenge is along with the proliferation of a lot of e-commerce brands, we also have a lot of different MarTech tools available to them. And so the second problem they're really trying to solve for is which tool will really solve their problem? And how do they really work with these many, many tools that are available? And many of those companies are really, really small and are resource strapped. So I really believe that the technology that allows brands to connect with their audiences across multiple channels and across multiple devices will be really important. So any technology that enables you to connect with your shopper and your targeted audience across channels is going to be a game changer. The second thing is every brand has limited resources and limited marketing budget. And so really being able to have the right data available for them to be able to make a decision of how do you really allocate those resources? What channels are producing the best results? And then how do you optimize those channels? So the way I would say is look at technology that allows you to really manage your audiences across channels, and then look at technologies that enable you to measure your efficacy and performance and fine tune your marketing budget. 
what I'm hearing from you is that there's two things marketers need to consider to try to get attention in e-commerce today, or at least two resources that you need to cultivate. One is you have to have access to the right data. You have to be able to understand who your target customers are and be able to isolate them so you can reach the people that are actually going, that have the highest propensity to convert. And then second, there's this notion of using the right technologies to do, let's call it digital omni-channel marketing. We're not talking about putting up billboards or television ads, but when you isolate who is that customer or prospect with a high propensity to buy, you need to not only hit them on the Facebooks of the world, the Googles of the world, it's, you know, all sorts of different digital channels. So when you think about the technologies that are there, we'll talk about data sources in a second, but what are the classifications of marketing technologies that you think e-commerce companies need to invest in or at least make a decision on which tool they're going to use? I would say there are three main categories. There's one, which is being able to attract and identify the right audience to really go target. So to be able to know which audience, which shoppers are the right ones and that have the higher propensity that will convert into a shopper for you. The second one is really looking at multiple channels where your audiences are and where your shoppers are. So that includes everything from Facebook, Google ads that are available. So, you know, where is your audience sort of viewing emails, SMS, SMS is becoming a fastest growing uh, channel where a lot of the younger population is actually interacting and consuming marketing information on SMS as a channel. So that's Second component to me is channels and so looking at the different channels available. And the third one is really measurement. And then any technology that is able to really orchestrate across multiple channels, including ads, emails, SMS, and to the audience that you're looking at, you know, becomes really important. So any marketing automation technology that enables you to identify the right audience and help you orchestrate across multiple channels and be able to then help you measure the efficacy of your channels becomes important. So basically what you're saying is there's audience targeting. You have to figure out how to isolate who your customers are. You have to be able to reach them and you have to be able to measure them. There's a wide variety of tools that specialize in each one of those buckets. And then there's some that go across all of them. How do you decide what's the right tool for your e-commerce business when there are 7,000 MarTech tools and a great number of them are actually e-commerce focused? It all depends on where you are in your journey as an e-commerce brand. If you are early in your journey and still establishing your presence you start with actually really focusing on how do I really attract more new shoppers to my website? So that's sort of the first piece. How do I attract new shoppers to your website? And that starts with a lot of engagement through ad channels, right? So a lot of Facebook, Google, and, and, and advertising in general to really attract new shoppers to your channel. And then as they come through your channel, then it's about building that loyalty and repeat customer base over time. If you've sort of been an established brand and have presence, most likely you already are using multiple channels, right? You likely are using ads. You likely are using email as a mechanism to engage with your customer and bring them back for long-term loyalty. The focus becomes, are you really using your channels effectively? And so the measurement piece becomes really important. 
I would say where ad role really plays a role, we believe that if you are integrating your audience intelligence with your measurement, it just makes both of those pieces extremely powerful. And then leveraging that data to really reach out to your shoppers and your prospect clients with the right messaging at the right time at the right channel is what really drives the biggest value. I'll give you an example of one of our customers, GoCot. It's a veteran and a women-owned business. They focus on equipment for outdoor and off-road enthusiasts. And they worked with us very closely on really identifying and connecting with their audience in a very authentic way. They are a Shopify customer. And over a period of six months, they were able to really increase their ROI with us by 100 times. And the reason you see that step function change in their site traffic is because of how they sort of orchestrated across multiple channels. So if there's a huge increase in the number of e-commerce stores, I'm assuming one of the biggest problems in the industry is going from being a startup into the growth and then scale phase. Talk to me about the differences between those phases and specifically, you know, what are some of the attributes that are important when you're early stage that are going to help you build your business? The words you've used sort of both the growth stage and scale, to me, those are similar, but they have a different meaning. For what it's worth, I think of it as early growth and scale. Exactly. Product market fit, how do we actually grow the business? And now let's actually start to scale. So as you're building a new business, you know, someone that's actually worked in many different companies and advising a lot of different startups My advice to a lot of the entrepreneurs who are starting companies in the early stages, it's all about making sure you have that product, you have a deep understanding of your customers and deep understanding of the problem that you're really solving for your customers. So for an e-commerce brand, it's really getting a sense for what is the buyer that you are going after? What is that specific niche of a buyer that you are really trying to build a product for and understanding what they need is important and what is going to create the aha moment for them. So that's sort of one. So there's a lot of due diligence on the product product discovery stage and then really figuring out the product market fit. And that's where I would say the attribute for a strong early stage company is that real deep focus on customer need and customer empathy. This is something that we preach a lot on the MarTech podcast is know that customer. And this is always the challenge for early stage companies is that your business will grow when your data gets better, but you start off with no data. So there's always the challenge of, well, how do I figure out who my customer is when they don't have customers? I can't create a lookalike audience. So I need to be able to figure out and go from zero to one first. And the answer is, you know, get your hands dirty go out, find prospects, interview them. You're getting qualitative, not quantitative data. You're using your best guests and your judgment to try to get those first customers learning and iterating in that process. And at some point, you start to figure out what works and you start to figure out what doesn't. And then you've got, you know, product market fit and you get into the growth stage. So when you think about getting past that first hurdle and you've talked to your customers, you understand what their pain points are and you start selling your first products, Then you found product market fit. You have to think about solving different problems. You actually have some data to play with. Talk to me about what are the key challenges when you're in the growth phase as opposed to being early stage in a startup. 
So when you are in the early stages, there are two things to really keep in mind. It's one, having clarity on who your customer is and being super fine-tuned on who that customer is and what problem you're solving for them and why you're well-positioned to solve that problem. And that's sort of the great customer empathy. The second is recognizing you don't have all the data till you actually get in there and test it out. So it's an iterative process that starts with product discovery, to really spending time with your customers, understanding what that problem is, validating the need, building and delivering a product, and then testing it out. So that becomes an iterative cycle, but it's important to recognize that you will likely not get it right the first time. And it is going to take a multiple iterations to really get the right product that is resonating with your customers and drives the right product market fit. So that's on the early stage. When you think about the growth stage, what becomes important is to start thinking about, do you have the right people and tools available for you to really get to the next stage? And so growth stage for me is when your revenue is growing mostly linearly to how your investment and resources are growing because you still haven't hit that point at which you created enough efficiency in your investment to really scale faster. When you move into these scale stages, the type of people who are great at the growth stage might not be the people who will really help you scale. And so again, it's a point at which you as a leader needs to start thinking about, do I have the right people to scale the organization? And scale for me is when you your revenue growth is exponential and is significantly higher than the level of investment that you're making in uh, in the business. And so what you need is, do you have the right people who will help you scale? Do you have the right systems and processes that will enable you to build a repeatable engine and drive your revenue without necessarily throwing people to the problem? And then the third one is, do you have the right data available to you that you can then manage your business with and constantly fine-tune? Those things become really important as you're scaling your business. So the way that we think about data, the way that we collect data, the way that we use it is dramatically changing. Talk to me a little bit about the deprecation of the third-party cookie when you're getting into these growth and scale phases where not only understanding your customer, you've kind of passed the product market fit phase. Now you need to start thinking about managing data as much as you do your customers. Data is changing. Talk to me about what's going to happen over the next few years or when the third-party cookie actually goes away. Just for context, cookies are a small piece of code in your browser that really tracks your audiences across internet uh, and, and to build really strong audience profiles. So Given the focus around privacy over the last several years, Google, Apple, and other major players in the industry have made a claim that over the next several years, they will be deprecating the third-party cookie that tracks your usage and behavior across the internet. So at Android, we are really committed to the consumer privacy. We believe that the shift in a world that is you know, post-third-party cookie will create a healthy and sustainable internet. The analogy we use at AdRoll is it's almost like how the electric cars are actually good for the world. So as we move the economy from combustion engine driven vehicles over to electric, it is creating a shift. It requires us to behave differently. But what it does not mean is that the cars are getting obsolete. And so similarly, we believe this shift away from third party cookie is a healthy shift for the Internet. It just doesn't mean that the ads are going away. So 
Given our conviction around it, we are actually really well positioned with the key players in the ecosystem, so Google, Facebook, and Apple, and really working closely with them in Google's privacy sandbox. Our CTO and co-founder, Valentino, is heavily involved in defining the specs of what the world would look like post-third-party cookie deprecation. In fact, we are testing out new protocols that are based around targeting using cohorts and group-based behaviors called Flock, and that's sort of starting to kick off internally. So for us, we feel the world will look different post-third-party cookie, and it'll look different for our e-commerce customers, but it is going to be a healthy, sustainable future. It also means this is an opportunity for marketing technologies to get even stronger and become more of that first party data. So the three trends that I think that's going to really make a big shift in light of the third party is it's going to be a rise of first party data. There's going to be more and more companies that will enable you to capture that data and be able to really then leverage the data to reach your audiences. There's going to be a growth in video. As I think about our e-commerce brands, there's a shift in how brands are really starting to engage with their audiences using video as a channel. And the third one is digital payments are taking off. So how people really pay for your products is becoming more and more digital. At the end of the day, when you can't buy data from third-party vendors and you're not able to track your customers like you would have on different properties... What matters the most is, are you going to be able to build your brand? Video is a great channel for being able to do that. Can you collect data on the customers that you do have so you can remarket and make the most out of the relationships that you've already created? And the third is just having a digital ecosystem. You mentioned digital payments, obviously becoming more and more important as the world goes more towards e-commerce, whether we have third-party data or not. So let's just land the plane here on this episode. Give me one cheat code for e-commerce. For the brands that are getting started and thinking about scales, what are some of the actionable things they can do to start scaling their e-commerce businesses? I would say the top thing that an e-commerce business that is in the early stage to focus on is really understand your customers. And the top thing for an e-commerce brand that's thinking about growth and scale is understand your customers, but really understand the data to really fine-tune your business and identify the right channels that you can really drive your business through. Obviously, there's a lot that's changing in e-commerce between the proliferation of e-commerce stores being open, some of the vendors, there's new technologies that are popping up all the time in e-commerce finding a way to figure out who your customers are and how to stay in front of them is increasingly important. And we're going to talk more about that through the rest of this week. So that wraps up this episode of e-commerce growth week on the MarTech podcast. Thanks to Roly Saxena, the president of AdRoll for joining us. If you'd like to hear more of Roly and AdRoll's tips for building an effective e-commerce business, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when Roly and I talk about e-commerce business awareness drivers. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Rolly, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter where her handle is Rolly Saxena. That's R-O-L-I-S-A-X-E-N-A. Or you could visit her company's website, which is adroll.com. 
Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, or you can contact me directly. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.